The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasters, your D&D tabletop gaming podcast on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I am one of your Dungeon Masters that you guys have seen, uh, Dungeon Master Anthony. And as you can see, we do not uh, have a full-on campaign surrounding us today. It is just, uh, if you follow the campaign, it is just joined by, I am just joined by Howard, also known by, uh, in the normal world, Danny Chavez. What's up, guys? How are you doing? going on uh so i talked to danny i was like listen i want to come in and start doing some regular D talk and would you be interested some like weekly maybe bi-weekly bi-weekly conversations and you know guess what he's interested uh <laughs> funny enough so we've or an episode he twisted my arm and made me do it one of the two who knows yes I twisted, <laughs> I twisted your arm to talk D. <laughs> that that was the yes. true the true yes. story but so, uh yeah, man. So we're going to call yeah. this Behind the DM Screen. Yeah. That's the working title. I like that right now, though. Behind the DM Screen. And the whole thing is that, you know, every week we come here and we talk about something, whether or not it's uh, some new Unearthed Arcana, some new character class breakdowns, maybe possibly Dungeon Master scenarios on how you'd run characters or encounters or ideas of, as a player, what do you do when the Dungeon Master throws this at you? You know, how do you react? You know, but exactly. And I figured like this would be a good way for us to be able to. Hello. Can you hear me? You're good. I can hear you. We just had a tech, had a technical issue there. Someone rolled a natural, someone rolled a natural one on a wisdom save. One on this goddamn technology. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, uh, we come from different DM backgrounds. I used to DM for a campaign with everybody. Uh, Anthony is currently our, D- our DM uh, for our campaign going on right now. So we each have a different style that we wanted to bring to the table and see and kind of just like throw out there so that way you guys can kind of get an idea of like how we like to run things, how things go. Uh, something for you to just kind of watch if you need ideas and you wanted to grab ideas from us. It would work mm-hmm. perfectly guys so yeah yeah and um just a little background so everyone that does know i am new to D in the sense of the overall game and timeline uh fifth fifth edition is where i jumped in and i first started dabbling in D about four about five no a little bit about five years ago a little bit under that yeah. about four four years ago about four uh, years. before me and amber started dating but after the network really kind of started kicking off and I've only been really knowledgeable of fifth edition. Uh, I've been interested in fourth and third, and I, I really wouldn't mind playing trying to play an old school AD and D game. Be kind of fun, uh, extremely difficult and annoying. I'm sure, but I'm not against it. But uh, you have a little bit more of an interest or and expertise with Pathfinder as well. Yeah, right? with Pathfinder. Yeah. Um. So my what history was playing? I I played D and D. I can't remember to tell you like what edition it was long long ass time ago when i was a wee little lad um played it once before 
of course, we didn't really follow the rules or know what the hell we were doing at that time. Um, but like many years went by and about four years ago, I think was when we started yeah. our campaign that it was just kind of like thrown right back in there. So like I quickly learned all the rules for 5e and that's been mostly my experience as far as that part goes. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe a couple of years ago, I started dabbling a little bit into Pathfinder. Um, so I've been running with that uh, system as well too, which is actually kind of fun. Um, they're both pretty comparable, slightly different or whatnot with their rules and stuff, but overall pretty fun. Yeah. Real quick, um, yeah. I don't want to go way off into this today. I, I like to do it for a future episode, but at just first glance, Pathfinder or uh, I say Pathfinder 2nd Edition or D&D 5th Edition, what do you feel is more uh, your niche? Uh I would say 5e only because I'm not too familiar with second edition of Pathfinder yet. Oh, I'm like, sorry. Okay. So that, so then yeah, is it first edition you're more, you're more yeah, first, first edition of Pathfinder. I know like the second edition and this can be like for a future episode too, but I know they changed the rules as far as like 5e, you have your action, bonus action, movement and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Pathfinder two, I know they change it to three actions altogether, uh, three or four. Don't quote me on that. Don't at me bros. Um, but out of those three actions, you can do one action, one bonus, you can do a movement, or you can do, if you wanted, all three actions, but you would lose your, you know, bonus or your movement or whatnot. Okay. So, like, they changed that up a little bit, I know, um, but, like, I haven't delved too much into it, so. All right, interesting. be very interesting to talk about on a future episode. Uh, oh, yeah, so, definitely. you guys, obviously, you want to hit subscribe, and let's get into this uh, quick, cheap Plugs and bumpers, we want to let everyone know, please check out the network at BICBP-radio.com. And then as well, if you haven't yet, please uh, click like, subscribe, follow below. I can't remember where I'm going to put this. It's below, guys, below in the video. And if again, if you're not uh, watching this and you're listening to it, head on over to the YouTube. It's uh, pod-casters, uh, tabletop gaming. No, or head up to Facebook. We have links everywhere as well as links, speaking of links, you know you all want this sick as hell t-shirt. If D&D is satanic, then all hail the Dark Lord t-shirt. You can catch it here at our Teespring. The link is also below. Or if you're checking us out on social media, it is in the bio. So head on over there, pick up a t-shirt. There's a couple different shirt options up there for you. And uh, why don't you roll with us with it? It's kind of fun, kind of cool. But let's get into today's topic. Uh, special, it's a little, little bit of a big announcement we're a, little, we're a little delayed on the announcement, but it's a big topic to talk about right now, is that Wizards of the Coast released a new book dropping on November 17th, and this is going to be Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. So, so, Anthony. Yes. What do you know about Tasha? I know she has a hideous laughter. And I know yep. she has a couple of other spells. And I do know that she is a character from the Greyhawk setting of uh, old school D&D &D with yep. Gary Gygax. And he was one of her, uh, he was one of their the staples, one of the wizards that followed along with Mordekainen and, uh, oh my God, uh, Ele not Elminster. It's, uh, oh my gosh, I have it right here. She, yeah, uh, I remember. yeah Elminster. Uh, yeah. I wanted to say Bigby, but I'm like, no, it's not Bigby. It's, no, it's not Bigby. and Elminster. And she had a bit of a relationship with the demon prince, uh, Grodst. Grodst? Can't, I don't know how to pronounce that. And actually, if you're looking at the uh, book art, the alternative book art 
there you could see a younger Tasha on the cover with the demon prince behind her, holding her uh, kind of like behind her. And I guess he's handing off a scroll, which is supposed right. to be a nod off to Tasha's hideous laughter. The hideous laughter, yeah. So and what do I, you know about her? I would love to say, first of all, I, as an artist, as somebody who likes to mm-hmm. doodle every once in a while, I absolutely love the artwork that they have for the main cover here. Oh, the cover is beautiful. The spell, like the cauldron going, the fire coming up, the lighting, everything on it. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So shout out to, um, Mag- I'm probably going to butcher this, and I'm sorry, I apologize, Magali Villeneuve. Villeneuve? Sorry. But sorry. <laughs> that freaking artwork is amazing. So it's really shout cool. out to you yeah, on that. It's, it's, um, it looks very, very just standard witch is just casting a spell. Hocus yeah. Pocus is... And it I looks really love cool. love all that stuff. So, yeah, as soon as I saw that, that got me hooked right away where I was like, ooh, I absolutely need this. Mm-hmm. But um, so, Tasha, what I know about her, there's a few different variations and stuff like that. And it, I guess, like, throughout the book, it's supposed to kind of touch on that. It's, like, from her perspective telling, like, the new subclasses and all that other stuff. But I know she was a very powerful mage um, mm-hmm. who was at one point raised by the Baba Yaga in the Greyhawk world. Um, she's known obviously for creating the spells of Tasha's hideous laughter and some other ones. I can't remember exactly right offhand, but, um, she did create them in the Demonomicon, which is a very powerful tome of hers, uh, that holds all kinds of spells. Um, and I guess she also went by the name Igwills, Igville, something like that. That was new to me. I did see that one reading. Yeah. So that I was new. That was I didn't like, realize uh, that. That was like her alternate Suter name, pseudo name or something like that. But yeah, she is... One of the more powerful chaotic evil witches that you can encounter in the Greyhawk uh, world. And again, I'm, I love all that stuff. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, yes, give me more. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what gave me more about this is what comes within this book, because it's basically another Xanathar's guide to everything. Uh, it is hitting 192 pages and it is bringing a crap ton of character options as well as new spells, new uh, player tools, new Dungeon Master tools for puzzle Mm -hmm. building. And it's just a crap ton of just wealth of information. And uh, I'm excited. It's running at a price of, what is it going to be running for? Uh, I believe it was $49.99, I want to say. Yep, $49.95. Oh, sorry. $49.95. You get the the hardcover Mm -hmm. format. I'm going to have to the only yeah. book I have is the player handbook and I'm going to have to start gra- making sure I grab some of these hardcovers. I subscribe to the D and D beyond. It's just, everything is there and it's easy, yeah. but it's like, I do the same I, too, but sometimes it's nice just having a hardcover in your hand mm-hmm. and be able to flip the pages and smell it all. It smells so good. Exactly. Uh, so this is a, basically another Xanathar's guide, which everyone was expecting to come sometime soon. They have been dropping a whole bunch ton of UA and yeah. they announced that a lot of it is coming into this. So what I have pulled up here is the dndwizards.com and it's a product overview for Atasha's Cauldron of Everything. I kind of just run through this standard before we jump into a good discussion topic. It's uh, what's, uh, what wonderful witchery is this? 
a magical mixture of rule, uh, rules options for the world's greatest role-playing game. Uh, the wizard Tasha, whose great works include the spell Tasha's Hideous, hideous Last, has gathered bits and bobs of precious lore during her illustrious career as an adventurer. Her enemies would have want these treasured secrets scattered across the multiverse, so in defiance, she has collected and codified these tidbits for the enrichment of all. And again, guys, this is going to go over expanded subclasses, character options, uh, introducing group patrons, which is something that uh, is uh, in Odyssey and Ravnica, I'm, I'm uh, told. Yeah, I believe so. Um, they're going to be bringing in spells, artifacts, magic tattoos, expanded rule options for uh, sidekicks, supernatural events, and a whole bunch of more, as well as a plethora of puzzles, which for, DM, for DMs, it's something big because I realize I don't give a lot of puzzles to my players because I don't know. I don't know if it's just a, <laughs> I don't think I'm witty enough and I can outsmart them. I don't know. And so it's nice to have a book that's like, all right, here's some stuff to build in and base it off of. So uh, we're going through and we're going to be following a Reddit thread, or a Reddit thread and basically it says everything we know about tasha's cauldron of everything uh and this was posted by you dash lexi jake i've been going through this it's got a lot of upvotes on it and it's very well detailed and it looks like they're going through everything that's going to become included and what's majority of what i don't think any of this is speculated this is kind of what is uh no this looks like it's mostly everything that they've confirmed so far yeah. um so, and it's it's got like a wealth of information so yeah definitely mm -hmm. go go over to that reddit thread check them out um, if you want to follow along with us as we go through it yeah more than welcome to uh we're going to reference a couple unearth arcanas such as the uh, 2020 feats as well as the class feature variants uh as well because there's a couple things we want to kind of touch on and go off about so danny i said let's get into this dude let's get into it all right all right so out of the let's see they have the 22 subclasses now they've only confirmed i believe like three or four so far the mm -hmm. other ones are speculated um but from what was announced everything that's been that's come out through unearth arcana like within the last however Tw it's it's everything that's come out. If I if if I understood correctly, it was within the last year. And I don't. Like yeah. I don't like know. Almost if they mean... all of them have made it into here. Oh yeah. It was like confirmed almost all, but they haven't like necessarily said which ones exactly. So mm -hmm. a lot of it's all speculated, but. But I mean, a, a, yeah. a lot of us are very very anticipate anticipatory of this because not only is it as again as we said twenty two new subclasses as well as five reprinted subclasses from other yep. books yep like and that's also not including the artificer as well too there's even more um what do you call it updates with the artificer mm -hmm. as well which so, i'm really excited for so i, I really yeah. want to see how these unearthed arcanas are adapted and changed because uh they had some great stuff drop at the beginning of this year and even at the end of last year so i'm assuming when they say within the year they mean a fiscal year because or at least like a timestamp middle of the year because if they're bringing in some of the other UA that was 2019, they, I mean, it can't just be what was from January on. No, so. and I would think like whatever they just released too very recently, like mm -hmm. they would be saving that. Again, this is my opinion, not really sure, but they'd be saving that for the next book that's supposed to be coming out next year. I think they're talking about it's supposed to be uh, the next place in Barovia, but that'll it's be supposed a to be episode. in. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I think you're right because it is the uh, that new bard class as well as the new undying patron. Yeah, yeah. It's like that would fit in Barovia. Yeah, the undying warlock one, which yeah. 
if you watch podcasters, that happens to be my class is the warlock. So just saying. Not I've, the undying uh, one. The great one. No, not the, the undying. Old one. I'm the great it's old yours. one. We'll, we'll get to that. And one thing about me, like if you ever learn anything about me, I am such a – okay, how am I going to say this nicely? For YouTube, um, a sucker, let's say, for anything that's cosmic horror. So you bring on the Cthulhu, bring on the Yellow King, the all the other ones. I'm not going to really say them all right now because, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, be careful mentioning them yeah. on don't know what we're going to pull through yeah exactly azathoth and all that uh dagon all of them <laughs> i'm a huge sucker fan for them so anytime i see any of that i'm always like ooh, yes so yeah, yeah. so uh so what's it what we're going to be seeing in tasha let's just kind of go down these subclasses and see what catches out to you on uh i say let's kind of see what catches out to each of us on going down this list yep uh I- i'll say right from the bat artificer the fact that they're bringing back the armorer subclass yeah i'm extremely excited because i don't know if you were checking out the unearthed arcana with that the idea that you basically are forming your this is basically iron man yeah and you get two modes you get war machine mode or stealth mode yeah basically who's going to be stealthing as iron man you're going to go in there guns blazing and all that stuff so well, I mean, this, this, if anything, this subclass is just going to help break the Artificer a little bit more. Yeah. Let alone are you good with everything. Uh, now you can also be a rogue or a tank, a fighter. Sure. While you're casting spells. Sure. As you're sure. a tinkerer. Sure. Sure. You're proficient <laughs> with every tool to check if that you need. Sure. Yeah. Like, this is just an awesome subclass. I'm very excited for it. I don't know if, uh, have you ever played an Artificer? No, that's one I haven't yet. Mm. I'm excited for that as well as uh, I don't know if you have seen some of the art for what's speculated for the new homunculuses uh, what I've usually had previously seen were like either like a dog or like a little tiny like robot or like a little tiny servant yeah, it looks I've like now here they're getting a little more creative as like they're, they have an owl those looks, looks almost like a winged like uh, imp like a mechanical imp creature mm-hmm. of sorts and then there's like little household items which are just kind of like little like funny like little quirky ones with a tea kettle type or like a coffee pot yeah, it's it looks like a cauldron almost with like little wings oh yeah it's like a cauldron with wings and then yeah uh, oh, what is that like a it looks like an espresso machine kind of kind of yeah it's got like the liquid coming out it's holding a little tea kettle type thing yeah, it's got like the little faucet coming in right out he's holding a little tea yeah it's like a tea pot or something with little arms and stuff it's like something out of beauty and the beast i think it's cool it's fun it's great it's uh it's different and it I wonder if it's one of those things that maybe people didn't think that, oh, I guess my homunculus could be could be what I want it to be. It doesn't have to be this standard uh, little robotic creature. Right. Um, so the artificer they're doing that, there's nothing dropped for the, bar- for the barbarian yet. They did say that each subclass or each class would have at least one subclass. I don't right. know what the barbarian's going to get. I wonder if they are going to have the uh, primal. Uh, oh no, there's a primal ancestry, I'm pretty sure is already already one, or is it the um let me see. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking about doing the barbarian. I don't see one listed. Yeah, they don't I don't think they necessarily said anything for that, but they did touch on the uh bard, which mm-hmm. is like the next one underneath that. There's a couple of them actually for him. Uh so you have the College of Creation, which you can use like your primordial power um to create songs of creation. So you're basically gonna be singing into creation like animate mm-hmm. objects and stuff like that 
or you have the College of Eloquence, which is reprinted from the mythic Odysseys of Theros. So I figured your bard would be somebody who's very smart and who is very eloquent with their speech. Uh, nobody, I can tell you right now in our group, I love you guys to death. I think we have the best group campaign going on right now. Nobody is eloquent, so I don't see anybody coming up with the eloquent bard in ours, but yeah. No, I don't think you're going to get anyone eloquent in the party for a while. Yeah. But I mean, it's great. Uh, it does stink. <laughs> it does stink if uh, I know it has been mentioned that for the people that did buy Mythic Odyse Odysseys just for some subclasses to then see it put back in here because the same with a Paladin, the Oath of Glory is in here as well. So if you're one of the people that like went off and spent like 40 bucks for a Theros just for subclasses. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like, you know. That's why I don't buy source books for subclass materials. Like, if I'm going to buy a source book for uh, a setting, I'm getting it for the setting and the magical weapons and everything else as well. Um, I'm cool. I'm, I'm glad that they are uh, – oh, no, this isn't a new one. This is just the uh, order domain is going to be reprinted from Guildmaster's Guide yep. to Ravnica. The Cleric, as well as the Circle of Spores being reprinted which is yeah. cool. So I don't know what they're doing as far as reprinting them, whether or not it's just kind of a refleshing and they're making adjustments or if the reprinting is just more or less, hey, you may have forgot about it. Here it is again. Um, from my understanding, I believe they're updating it slightly just so that it plays a little bit better um, in the reprinted versions from what okay. I understand. So, All right. Uh, I don't see but anything announced for the fighter or monk. Yeah, nothing for that. Paladin, you have the Oath of Glory, which is another reprint. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Ranger, you're getting uh, three new Primal Beasts for, like, your Beastmaster companions. So um, did they say exactly, like, what the beasts were? No, they're just saying three new ones, right? No, and this is where I actually pulled up uh, the Unearthed Arcana, the class feature variants, mm -hmm. because this was brought up within the last one. So each... I don't know if you, if you read through this one, but the way it was kind of broken down is that each class can be adjusted or changed or built better. It felt like kind of like a 2.0 kind of fleshing, like, or like a 1.5, like, here we go. We forgot. We should have done this at the get-go, and yeah. we didn't have time to it, so here it is now. And I felt like they were definitely building up and getting ready to drop it, to add it into a source book content. Okay. And, and as per the uh, Unearthed Arcana, the way that this is explained is that uh, the Ranger Companion options... So this enhances your ranger companion that you would get at third level for the Beastmaster feature. And it, uh, it says right here, while, while wandering the wild, uh, ranger encounters many sorts of animals, some of which the ranger may befriend. This friendship could arise from a success use of animal handling skill or the animal friendship spell. If the resulting bond is strong enough, the animal might join the ranger on adventures. A ranger who has the Beastmaster archetype can form an even stronger bond, feeling almost like a sibling to an, uh, sibling to an animal. The special type of beast awaits a Beastmaster of the wild, a creature who linger, whose uh, lineage stretches back to the beginnings of the world. A primal beast known as a beast of the air or beast of the earth. Oh, wait. A primal beast known as a beast of the air or a beast of the earth. I thought there was a third one. Such as a creaster seeks out the type of companionship that a beast master offers, ready for the two of them to battle the imbalances of the natural world. So basically, the way this works, it, it looks like it's more of... Um, you See, it says... Uh, okay. So the way this, it looks like what happens is you create a bond with this just primordial, just primal 
energy of what encompasses the beast. Mm -hmm. And you can change the form of, uh, you can decide what it is. So you can just, uh, so you can choose for the reader's uh, companions feature. It says, when choosing a creature, you decide whether it is the beast of the air or beast of the earth, and you determine its appearance. So what they've done is they've given you stat blocks for uh, a creature that can substitute more or less an environment. So it would be either air or earth. I could have swore there was a C. I don't know where I, where I missed that. And it gives you base stats for it as well as some perks of what it can do. But it doesn't tell you what it has to be as far as an animal. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a beast, I'm a beast master and I have a companion as a bear, it, you're not limited to just a bear. Okay, cool. Or like one of the two animals. It's like you can have a bird or an air animal and it gives you stats that can kind of fit the form in general. So it kind of help build a more of a, a character, just basically character. Uh, it's like basically building a character for your pet. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it lets you get down to the specifics. You can get very pers personalized is what I'm trying to say yep. with it. So with the uh, Beast of the Air, what they offered before, you get it has an AC. It gets hit points equal to your constitution modifier plus your, uh, your ranger, your druid level, your ranger level with the wisdom. And you get stats for it across the board. It gets saving throws, perceptions. Uh, it gets dark vision. Understands you as a language. So that's kind of cool. It doesn't uh, kind of like for, for uh, reference, if you're like you're a ranger and you just have a partnership with a bear because you have a bond there, can't automatically speak to bear. With this, it lets you just be able to speak to the animal, which makes sense because if I'm a ranger and the big part of my class is having this animal companion, I want to be able to speak to it on command. I'd want to basically have it be as an extra party member. Right. Um, if it is the air, it gets a flyby feature which it doesn't, uh, doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flies. And then uh, there is a nice feature. It's kind of like a familiar in the sense that if it has died within the last hour, you can uh, use your action to touch it and expel this. You have to expend a spell slot, but you can bring it back to one life. So I don't know how it would work if it dies outright. I would hope that it would be familiar in the sense of you would have to go out and connect to it again or bring it back. But, you know, it looks like there's some more options. If it's a beast of the earth, it gets uh, another AC. Hit points over the constitution modifier again. It gets a climb speed or a swim speed. You can choose. And uh, it, get a, it gets an attack such as charge, primal rebirth again, and then the animal companion. So, you know, it, it's a little bit more personalization. It looks like they're including this into the Tasha's culture of everything rather than a full-on subclass which i'm right. cool with no just I, it seems like beastmaster is a nice go-to ranger subclass just i know one of the big things that people did uh did not like that they did take away was that the animal companionship just felt a little uh clunky and it did it was it wasn't um it, like the flow was always a little off, at least for me, whenever I try to play a ranger with the animal mm -hmm. companion, like I just never bothered with it. Cause it, for me, it like, it never really worked. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see how this actually ties together and how, how well it plays out with that. So, yeah. Um, but let's see next. So they don't have rogue listed, but mm -hmm. if I had to guess 
because I've only seen one on the unearth on the unearth our kind of thing. Looks like they might be doing a Phantom Rogue. Have you seen that? I have seen the Phantom Rogue. This is the one that uh, I can't. Is he the one that is the one that is reborn, where he's kind of living? Kind of. You basically you're stealing the souls of people that you see die. Yes. So it, it gives you like I believe in a higher level, it gives you um, advantage on your death saving throws. Um, oh, by wow. using the life essence of the people that you stole, like their their soul tokens, basically. So I could see that happening, especially with uh, they they did announce that with Tasha's with the cauldron, yeah. we're also getting mechanics for psionic play. Yep, which wouldn't put me past it if they flashed out and threw the psionic uh, knife in here. I'd be I I, I would like that, but. I don't know any other rogue subclasses that I think that they would push for it. I don't know, but like I kind of like this because this also gives you like, all right, so see, starting at third level, you can choose Whispers of the Dead, mm -hmm. uh, which echoes of those who have died uh, begin to cling to you. Um, and whenever you finish a short or long rest, you gain one skill or tool proficiency of your choice as a ghostly presence shares its knowledge with you. So basically oh, that's cool. you have a ghost that like attaches itself to you and teaches you uh, something that you want to learn. Um, let's see. Another one is whales from the grave. Uh, you can hear deathly whales uh, immediately after you deal your sneak attack damage to your creature on your turn. You can target a second creature that you can see within 30 feet of the first creature. Um, so basically like you're attacking two uh, with that. Could you um, picture using this with the sneak attack? Oh my God. Damage. Yes. Yeah, with that on top, especially at a higher level, oof, it'd be this nasty. Could, this would be a very dirty subclass to be able to pull out. I think it'd oh, be yeah. very interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, as you get into the higher levels, too, you have Ghost Walk, um, and then also, like, the Soul Token one, too, that I was talking about earlier, where mm -hmm. you can do death-saving throws um, at advantage. Um, but Ghost Walk, you basically you become a ghost where you can you take a spectral form, uh, which helps, I believe, let me give you a flying speed of 10. You can hover and attack rolls have disadva a disadvantage against you. Um, and then you can also move through diff difficult terrain as if it were normal. Uh, however, you do take a little bit of damage. So that's like their way of trying to balance that out. That way it's not completely broken mm -hmm. and you're just, you know. Flying around as a yeah, ghost. I'm going to turn into a ghost and like go through the safe, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. which uh, is good. I like it that if that's what they're going to pull in be great uh it'd be fun and i like the thematic element that that class brings in where the whole idea is that the character is dead mm -hmm. and they're remembering and kind of feeding off and kind of like jumping from different people that have died that they've taken the life essence from so it's yeah. almost like their personality is always kind of jumping yeah so, like, in essence, you're basically stealing their knowledge mm -hmm. as a rogue and their life essence. So, that's, uh, I don't know, that's kind of interesting to me. I'd like to see how that plays out. I think if I was to play it out, I'd really have to, I'd really have to role play that one to, an ex to a good extent. Like, yeah. could you picture every time you've, uh, you, switch or, or you switch over, you absorb someone else's life essence? Just, I, I'm almost positive they have a quirk table of, like, a, of something that you act or pull or a trait that you start acting 
or a tendency or, or like a habit you pick up because of someone else. Mm-hmm. And if there isn't that, I think that'd be like a fun element to even include to that. That like, you know, um, the person that you, you took their essence from, they're actually a chain smoker. So now you're starting to crave like, man, I need, I need a cigarette or I need tobacco yeah, like- or I need something or they have a compulsion to uh, jump into battle. Maybe that forces you to jump into battle and be the first one to, to, to rush in. You know? yeah. I think that would actually be a great way to kind of balance it out too. That way you're not completely breaking it and like overpowering yourself with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Let's say like, as like a DM, okay, you're getting a little bit too much with that. This soul that you just stole happens to not always make the wisest decisions. So you decide, oh yeah, I'm going to go head first against six people because. That's what the person died before. I that's how like he that's died before you. Something like that. Yeah. When oh, you that'd get those be people fun. that are like, oh, that's what my character will do. Well, that's what that ghost would do. Exactly. You always get that back on them too. So. But yeah, no, I, I think it would be pretty interesting as like a way to kind of balance that out as well too and mm-hmm. give them those traits. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next up they have the, uh, they're saying that they're dropping the psionic mind. Uh, they're dropping a psionic sorcerer class and no one, and it hasn't been announced if it's the psionic mind or the aberrant mind yet. Um, yeah. Aberrant mind, I wasn't too familiar with. I know that everyone was really big with it, but the psionic mind is what I kind of checked into last. And it's, it's not bad. Uh, I don't have it pulled up. I mean, out of all the psionic subclasses that dropped, I think it was in December. December or January, there was the uh, psionic UA. And that's when they had the uh, psionic warrior or the, uh, the side knight. That's oh, when they had yeah. the, uh, the soul blade or the soul knife and then the psionic mind. And I, I really like the rogue, and I really liked the Jedi. Basically, the the, the freaking you tend to be basically Jedi. becoming a Jedi. Yeah, right. Uh, so I really hope if there is a fighter subclass, I really would like them to bring psionics into it because I, you know, I know people were annoyed with the psionic dice mechanic, but to me, psionics are just a completely different thing. It's not magic, and as a as a sorcerer, where their power because they're really like yes, they're magic comes from themselves but it's not really magic it's this power that comes from them and they can manifest it and i like the idea that you know the you have this psionic connection because you either were i don't know attacked by a colony of mind flares or Mm -hmm. your maybe maybe your mother was attacked by a mind flare at birth or did your parents make a cult or do something with something uh cthulhu-ish right and it just it cut through into your tele, like your child, the child within the womb was uh, already tapped in and was already broken and has already had that split. Exactly. No. Speaking as Howard, be careful of the deals you make because you never know. So, yeah, anything like that, like where it could affect you psionically, it'd be, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. No. So, I, I hope they, uh, I hope they bring, I hope they kind of keep the dice mechanic as it was. I don't know if it's going to. I'm excited for the Warlock. Uh, they're saying that it's going to be the genie patron. Yep. I think that's fun. I think it's great and it's smart because whenever you see a Warlock, I feel like all the patrons, apart from the Fae, or, the, or they also have a Celestial Warlock too now. Um, yeah, I did um, see something about that. And then like they just released, like we said earlier, the Undead Warlock as well too that they're playtesting in the UA. So be interesting. But I know like for the genie, you can choose an elemental type mm-hmm. of genie so you have you can do earth air fire water and then go based off of that on 
and how you want him to be. Which is cool. And uh, yeah. the different type of genie that you uh, are a patron to, you get yeah. uh, a, you get expended spell lists that are con- that are more directed to that. And what I want to say, as far as this is a warlock subclass, really fun because all the previous ones, apart from the Fae and Celestial, and even then you could play it as that they're kind of evil in, in their own way. Like the the Fae, a Fae warlock could be very just trickstery, wicked. And a celestial warlock could be a fallen celestial even. I mean, you could still kind of make it evil or you're the broken paladin fighting for the, the gods maybe right. or the, pro, the broken warlock that took a blessing from a celestial angel that has fallen. Who knows? Exactly. Um, but all the other warlock subclasses really feel more of this darker, like chaoticness to it, where the genie kind of opens up this, no, genie's not necessarily chaotic. The it's mischievous. It's a lot. Yeah, it could be mis- uh, mischievous. It's more neutral for me, though. Mm-hmm. And from what they're trying to go with, I guess a more noble. So you can even do like a good warlock following this noble genie, depending on however you want to run your campaign with it. But I mean, yeah, it gives it like a different flavor for the warlock. So you're not strictly, okay, well, I'm going to follow this evil patron of mine and start causing, ha- you know, havoc or chaos or whatnot. I hope that they keep the uh, feature where you can uh, have, so basically if you choose the GD, you're, you get the option. And I'm pretty sure it, I mean, if it's not a mandatory, I'm going to, I would, I would give my players, this is the only time I think I'd really kind of like force a, or like railroad, like hard railroad is that like, if you're going to pick a genie patron, you're picking the the bottle as your, as your packed boon, because or you're going to get a genie in a bottle. You're going to get the genie bottle somehow. But the only cool thing is that, that you can, you're like, your connection to them is through this, like, glass, like, the lamp or genie in a bottle. And you can send, they could, or the, in the UA, you could send your enemies into it. Yeah. And, you know, demi dimension or uh, par- uh, pocket dimension them, which is kind of fun. Um, next with the, uh, after the warlock, they have a wizard. Obviously, we have new spell books coming up. They says they said yeah. that there's a new spell book option. I don't um, know what that's. Yeah, I don't know if they're like do? opening up certain spells that you're able to put into your spell book, or they're changing certain ones or adding new ones that are mm-hmm. like possibly ritual or whatnot. Um, but that'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um, allegedly, they have a psionic wizard in the works as well too. That might be coming out with that, so that might be something as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then there is a newer version of the Blade Singing uh, Wizard School, uh, which was originally printed in the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then following after, the, like they said, there's going to be a lot more of ways to build up and beef up your character as a player options, your character story. I think that they're going to follow a lot of what Matt Mercer did with Critical Role Wildmount because uh, – I don't know if you've read through the Wildmont book, but there is a way that they incorporate it's the, um, oh my God, the, he, the heroes, the heroes uh, chronologue, or there's a whole mechanic where to build your hero and then have uh, the, like faults and bonds into your built into your backstory, but mm-hmm. built into the point where it's not just, all right, I can't say no to a challenge. It's like, no, we're, we're going to go in and say, you know, this is your family. This is what happened. And there's more of an in-depthness to it. Right. I think that they're going to follow in suit because it seems like the uh, Odysseys of Pharaoh sort of did the similar with the heroic journey sense that uh, there's ways to tie it in because they're all based like more of like a Greek and Greek and God uh, pantheon inspired that like 
your character, if you wish to it be, you can have it be part of your background is uh, has had like divine intervention from the gods to help beef that more up into your character. And there's even options of uh, like, other than like building your, your villain. Well, your villain is based off how many children you had, how many siblings you had, and maybe one was done wrong. And there's a lot more complex built uh, options. I think there may be doing with this. Sweet. Yeah. So let's see as we, go on now i guess uh they that's mainly it for the subclasses that they touch mm -hmm. on now they do talk about like other race options that you have so instead of like following the typical let's say elf or whatnot um where you're only proficient in certain things they open it up now where you can be proficient in let's say intelligence or in strength as an elf instead of being stuck to just like dexterity or whatever the elf um what do you call it prerequisites are yeah uh, so they open that up for you. Uh, let's see. They also change up the, uh, let's see, the feats, which have you, yeah, let's go through the feats real quick. Um, whew, they have uh, some nice ones, which gives you like more options too from the feats that they have now, which mm -hmm. I mean, I like what they have now, but I also feel limited with that. So I'm glad that they're adding a bunch more to kind of give myself like more options of, you know, to build my character. Um, yeah. So I think I, oh, real quick, the feats, what are you looking You're looking at unearth our kind of feats 2020 where it says artificer initiate. Yep. That one. Um, okay. The one that my eyes automatically gravitated towards, I'm sure you would know uh, Eldritch adept. Mm-hmm. Um, just because currently my character is a warlock underneath the Eldritch uh, Great Old Ones subclass. Uh, this looks like it would be right up Howard's Alley. So that was like the first thing that my eyes went to. I was like, ooh, what's this? Let's play with this. Um, but yeah, they have some other ones. Cool, where you have like a Fae touched. You have a chef. So if you like yep. cooking and you want to feel like you want to be Gordon Ramsay on a quest to find the perfect pepper for his dish there you go <laughs> um let's see you have piercers you have gunner poisoner uh slashers shadow touched uh was also kind of interesting too uh, mm -hmm. you can bend shadows from your experience with the shadow fell you gain uh different benefits with your charisma uh, with darkness spells stuff like that mm -hmm. um let's see for tandem technician uh tactician which would be good for like an artificer let's say um, oh yeah because then, yeah, that'd be, you can pull off Batman, basically, with that. Uh, let's see. Tracker and shield training, it looks like. I like the shield training. That's cool. That's something I would, if I was getting, if, when I'm not dungeon mastering, if I was to play a character and I was able to have, like, a good buildup, shield training would definitely be something, I think, if I was to play a nice fighter or yeah. maybe a um, fighter and dip it into Paladin or do, like, a um, fighter do a... Uh, clerics too. Uh, use shields. You can. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm gonna go. But the, the fighter, the fighter. That's the third. He's us. He's half caster. Uh, warlock. Nope. He's like literally a fighter, and it's uh eldritch knight. Oh, I'm going oh, blank. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, like an eldritch knight. I think I I like to go eldritch knight and uh, take like a shield training as a feat. And this is the feats that I that I was pointing out that they seem more of like uh prestige classes where they give you a dip and let you take, let you kind of like dip your fingers or dip your toes into a, another class 
and get a little bit of the perks of it at like within like the subclass, like, like, like later on, rather than having mm -hmm. to invest multiple levels into something, you know? Yep. Or, I mean, just kind of maybe test it out. Like if you were playing a spellcaster, but yet you didn't, you didn't go warlock yet. You may say, I want to go Eldritch Adept and, and get your feet wet within that. And then be like, yeah, exactly. all right. Yeah, it's now not limited to just being a warlock. You can be mm -hmm. like any kind of spellcaster as like your prerequisite for it. And yeah, just have fun with it. And, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I like how uh, they do include meta magic adept where you get like meta magic points. Yep. Uh, and it's kind of exact. That's kind of uh, similarly how they included in the psionics UA. They had it be where it's like psionically adept where you now get just a psionic feature and this is your thing that you can do as a psionic. So right. it looks like they're kind of like, all right, if you want little like tendencies and I think it's great options to include like that for players and dungeon masters, because I want to throw you know, like maybe you guys are fighting a, a horde of mind flares. Guess what? Someone got the brain suckered on do. Mm -hmm. Maybe even as a DM, I can say like, guess what? You gain psionic traits. There's a, there's a, there's a rule set to make it work. Exactly. You know? A little bit of his psionic rubbed off on your brain, and now you gain some psionics. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you use unprotected psionics. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is all, like, I love all this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the feats and all that stuff. Uh, another thing that they have are new magic weapons and new uh, magic items, actually, let's say, not just weapons. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's see. And then also the magical tattoo, which they have one that looks like that improves an unarmored AC, which might help my character out. But then again, too, this is just how we're searching through this. <laughs> Don't mind what Dan says. Yeah. I mean, I hope that they have more than just AC tattoos. Like the way yeah, I know yeah. um, Matt I think incorporated. That's just like one, yeah. I was going to say, I think that's just like one tattoo example that they're giving, but I would imagine they would have much more with that. Well, the UA that had uh, tattoos, it was more of like kind of uh, you can you take the tattoo and embed it into your, onto like your skin mm -hmm. and you cast through it. So some could even either be permanent tattoos or temporary type tattoos. Yeah. And I think that's where they're going to go more. I, I hope that it gets big enough because I would love a, uh, a full on tattooed spell caster. Like that is his thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be kind of cool. New ideas, uh, new options. Jumping into these uh, DM tattoos. They say that they're uh, bringing in supernatural environments and natural hazards. I was looking at some of the pictures and there are some like, there is one art where it looks like almost a storm made out of like turning into like a giant Draco lich. So yes. it's like, if you're, if your ship is caught in the storm, it's like, guess what? It's going to be like fighting a giant dragon essentially. Yep. No. And that uh, falls in like the magic environment. So like it actually gives you different ideas and different things you can work with as far as like changing up your environment for let's say a high level encounter, or if you just want to change it up instead of like the typical, Oh, you know, we go to sleep and up oh, there comes some thieves trying to jump you in the middle of the night. Let's change it up a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, one of the ones that, like you said, the Dracolich coming up, that's in like the Eldritch storm. So you can like go through an entire storm that looks like a normal storm coming through, but all of a sudden undead beings come out of there. Uh, so oh, Howard's going to summon an Eldritch storm. Yeah. That's, that's going to happen. Yeah. As you can as you can tell, there's a theme with me at least as far as that stuff goes. It's like, ooh, Eldritch, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Oh no, I completely. <laughs> oh, there's gonna be tentacles coming from the sky, and it is gonna get 
fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> um, I like this idea of group patrons. Uh, it, for the our campaign, it's felt like for a while there was a group patron, not so much anymore. And I'm assuming that this is more of like uh, they just have a group deity, a group god that they all pay mm-hmm. patronage to. Yep. I'm not familiar with how it's worked in Eberron, Rising from the Last War. Um, but that's kind of, I think it's cool. Just bring in more options, especially if that's something you're interested in. And yep. if that's just, just mentioned Eberron, now you don't have to buy Eberron just for this information. Now you can kind of gain it if you want to bring it into any setting. Um, exactly, yep. Uh, another cool thing, too, that they added as well as like the sidekicks. So let's say you're running a campaign with just like one or two people. Um, and you want to give them like an option of like, okay, let's feel like a party and not just one person going out to defeat the evil sorcerer or whatnot. You can create, uh, it gives you like options to help you create sidekicks to help out your party. So that way, you know, you're basically running like a sidekick NPC. Um, so they give you like extra options as far as like a warrior or an expert or a spellcaster, somebody to help your party out, but it's not going to, you know, completely, mm-hmm. you know, derail the entire thing. Um Real quick, so what I realized, I, I didn't look down far enough. Patrons, it's not a idea of a god. This is more or less building on factions and uh, patrons as entities within NPC world. So if they like, so if the party is, it's bring, it's going to give you examples as like if your party is going to mage academies or maybe they are connected to like some deep, some deep uh, lich group, they can have connections within those. Maybe there's yep. certain spies or, or, or like a specifically like dragon they were given ex- as an example. Back to the sidekicks. Uh, what, what I also saw and heard that it's a great option too. I, didn't even, I never thought to use it. The sidekicks would be good also for players that are new to the game that they want a little more simpler play. Yep. They can roll as a sidekick. And when they're ready, level it up to be a full-on player. Yeah, that'd be then, another good option for you too, especially for like people who aren't quite sure. They don't know exactly what they're doing. It's like a very basic, easy way to kind of get into and then you just go from there and build it up. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, to finish this out and flesh it out for the rest of Tasha's, there is just a whole bunch of art that is dropping for it. Yeah. So head over to this and just check out the art. It is beautiful. There, I saw the picture of, of uh, Tasha with the Baba Yaga. Uh-huh. That with the Bobby Yaga hut, I love it. It's beautiful yeah. art, and it's just so much credit out to those artists. It is amazing. But uh, yeah, guys, check that out. November seventeenth, forty nine ninety five. Forty nine ninety five hardcover. Wow. Um, I don't know if it'll be the same price on D and D Beyond, or if they'll slightly cheapen it because it's digital. But um, prices are the same on D and D Beyond, unless you subscribe. Okay. Unless you're you subscribe to like one of the tiers and you end up uh, purchasing like multiple books, they have like an overall discount comparative to like the rest of the right. books, right. and uh, it's adapted there. But I don't know. This may be one that I may have to pick up in person. I really like it. Now the now the decision is: Do I get the regular cover or the special release cover and if i get the special release cover come on we all know that i'm gonna have to go get the other special release covers and it's gonna cause a bad collector issue with oh, me. of course of course um, and that's that'll be my downfall as well too because i'll mm-hmm. see that i'll be like ooh, pretty that's I why i have like they would have the main like the main cover inside the alt one as well too Typically that would be cool i ho- i would ho- i would hope and think that they should do that yeah it's usually but. like the first page i want to say they have like the original artwork cover on there mm-hmm but Danny, so uh, yeah, that's Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up this episode, we do have uh, one more side topic to jump into. 
Yep. And uh, one thing that we are going to be doing, uh, maybe not every episode, but one of the things we're going to throw into the mix to do when we want to have some fun is break down some character subclasses and figure, you know, kicking it off with Danny, a.k.a. Howard, what better than to do a warlock of the great old one? So That's right. So my character, Howard Phillips, he is a warlock of the great old one, the Yellow King. And he appeared to him in a dream one day and offered him power in exchange for something he's not quite sure yet. Moral of the story is be careful of what deals you make because you never know when they might come back to bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so anyway, my character is a uh, warlock underneath the great old one um, subclass. Um, so basically, he you get to choose one of the old ones, whether it's Cthulhu, whether it's like, it gives you other examples you can use, like Thera's Dune, uh, Dendar. Um, me being a, a big fan of the Yellow King, I, just, I wanted my character to go through with that, um, which you didn't really know a lot about until I told I you not. about it. I did not. I had to jump into this, and I did a little bit of, good, a little bit of history and research with the Yellow mm-hmm. King, and it's very interesting. So oh, as yeah. a Dungeon Master, I'll say, you want to pull some Cthulian, uh, Cthulhuian? Lovecraftian, I guess. Lovecraftian, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. Plus, some good, like some Lovecraftian lore and some like creepy, which, for the record, creepy weird ones. I love the Lovecraft lore, worlds, monsters, all that shit. Lovecraft himself, total piece of shit, racist asshole. Don't subscribe to him. But yep. the shit that he built, like his world, and like even some of the other stuff that he like took from other people, freaking Which, amazing, and I love it. Which uh, Yellow King was actually not one of his. Yeah, it's not one of his originals, but he did expand upon it and mm-hmm. like in, adapted it into his world. But yeah, it's I freaking love it. If I recall, Yellow King is the brother of Cthulhu. It's yeah, kind of like the if you want to say like feud brother, I guess. Like they have a feud between each other where they're always like. Okay, so Cthulhu in the myth or whatnot is trying to reawaken to take over the world at one point. Mm-hmm. Yellow King doesn't want that to happen because he wants it for himself. So at any chance he can, he will try to thwart uh, Cthulhu coming back. Um, but also the lore with the Yellow King is he's very much with visions and making people go crazy. And that's one thing that like, I love that. Like, I, that drew me personally like mm-hmm. into my character of Howard was I want him to not necessarily go crazy or mad but instill that into other people and make you think is this something really that's happening or is this a figment of my mind what's going on mm-hmm. um, so that's one fun thing I love with my character currently that I'm playing with him as things go on, I don't know exactly how you have it set up, but from what I'm understanding, he's slightly going a little bit more mad. So as the campaign goes on, right now we'll he, see. seems, he seems calm and collected, but he may or may not start losing touch of reality. So who knows? A little bit. So you're only, you guys are only at level four. Yeah, we're only at four. So it's still young. You, haven't, you, don't have, you guys really don't have any connection to cosmic horror yet. Yeah. Like you do a little bit of stuff, but... Nothing to really raise attention. Okay, cool. So, but, yeah, that's, that's Howard in a nutshell. But um, for the great old ones, we can just go over that class real course. quick. Um, so you get additional expended spells uh, lists, um, which comes in handy if you play a warlock 
if you know a warlock, you only get like one, two, maybe three spells in like the lower levels. You don't get it very much um, slots. Let me say you can you can gain you like your spell list of things that you know, but as far as using slots, you don't use that many spells. Um, however, cantrips they beef that up a little bit just to kind of help balance that out. So eldritch blast, it's made fun of. That's like the tried and true with the warlock bread and butter. That's their bread and butter, but hey, it works, man. It helps out in every little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with mine, they expanded that a little bit. And with my tome that I chose, now this isn't exactly the Great Old Ones tome, um, or what do you call it? The, the Pact of the Tome. The Pact of the Tome, thank you. Their pack that they chose. Uh, mine, I figured it kind of fit with that, um, where you gain extra uh, cantrips and stuff like that. So anyway, mm-hmm. starting at first level, though, you gain Awakened Mind. So you basically, you can kind of t- uh, telecommunicate with other players. Mm-hmm. As long as they understand one language, they can understand kind of what you're saying. Um, they don't have to necessarily know the language that you speak, but they understand what you're trying to convey to them. Um, and then once you hit sixth level, uh, you get Intrepid Ward, uh, which you use a basically a ward against um, any attack against you. So if somebody is, let's say a creature comes at you, you wants to attack you, you can use your reaction as um, Entropic Ward and give him disadvantage against you. Now, if he misses, that grants you advantage, I believe, against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me double check that. Real quick. Yeah, it gives you advantage against him, so that way you can use that, you know, right after the fact. Um, however, you-, you can only do it like once per short or long rest. Also, you can only do it if uh, you only get the advantage if you make, uh, if, if, if it is if uh, before your end of your next turn. Right. So you have to make sure you have a turn coming up. Yep. Before. So as you get a little bit stronger, you hit up Thought Shield at 10th level. Um, so basically, you thoughts can't be read unless you decide you want somebody to read your thoughts. Um, it also gives you resistance to psychic damage. Uh, so any kind of creature or anything that might be trying to use Psy against you, mm-hmm. you're good uh, against that. And then last, Create Thrall at 14th level. You get the ability to infect a humanoid's mind uh, with <sighs> your own magic or your patron's magic, um, which you can use on an incapacitated humanoid to basically charm them and then use them in your stead. So you can basically create your own cult if you want to. Um, yeah. of people and the only way to fix that is a remove curse spell or i believe if let me see until you use the feature or until again. You use the feature again yeah so not so much a cult just a one-man cult but still you can do you that. can you can start a cult with that though if you have yeah. one follower then at least more you people will follow to create thrall on other people exactly mm. but also what's cool is that you can uh I didn't hear if you said it. Uh, you can communicate communicate telepathically with the charm, uh, charmed creature. Yep. So you could take over, create the thrall, go off and spread the name of of the Yellow King. Mm-hmm. See ya. Do it, and then at some point, if you're like, "All right, I guess I feel like I should have enough power," you can communicate telepathically with them the whole time what they're doing, finding out what's happening. And then at some point, you're like, all right, I have enough people in your little group. Take that away. Create a new one. Yep. And, I but mean, they have to be on the same plane, though, too. They can't be, like, in a different plane of existence. So anywhere in your world, as long as it's on the same plane of existence, you can mm-hmm. telecommunicate with them. Which isn't bad. At level 14, 
you guys would start traveling, but you guys should yeah. be plane jumping. But it doesn't mean it wears off when you when you leave the plane existence. It just has right. to ha- be on the same plane to to, to communicate. To be, to be able to communicate, correct. Mm-hmm. But yep, yeah. So. So that's the undying. I'm sorry, not the undying. I keep wanting to say the yeah, undying keep, warlock, and it's not the we were undying just warlock. About that earlier. The, yeah, uh, the great old one uh, warlock. So, mm-hmm. yeah. no, what's uh, real cool? We had mentioned that there's the expended spell slot or the expended spell list, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't know if you saw the list, but it's really fitting for what we get for what spells they get. It's oh, a yeah. uh, dissonant whispers and Tasha's hideous Tasha's laughter. Hideous laughter yep. <laughs> Uh, detect thoughts at uh, so those were at first level, second level yep. uh, spells they get detect thoughts. So yeah, let me preface first level spells, not at first level. Yeah, uh, no, second first level, level spells are detect thoughts and phantasmal force. Third level spell slots are clair- clairvoyance and sending. Fourth mm-hmm. level is uh, dominate beast and Everd's black tentacles, which is a dirty spell. Mm-hmm that I've had a warlock use and basically zone a beholder on. It sucked. Yeah, and then uh kind of waiting I'm waiting until I can hit my fourth level spell because you know he's gonna be grabbing that. Oh I know. Yeah. Uh, and then fifth level is uh dominate person and telekinesis. So I mean, you got some nice hefty spells. Uh well the warlock is a full caster, correct? Or is he, he is considered a, f- a half caster? Cause if I, I scroll really up know. to his like, yeah, I know you can use armor and all that stuff, so would that be... Okay, yeah, this is like we're, we're not that experted into it. Um, but um, I want to say half-caster because, like, you can still use half. armor and you can use, like, weapons and all that other stuff. You're not strictly stuck you know, with that. Dude. I'm almost positive it's half-caster because you can only go up to fifth-level spells. You can, but, um, what do you call it, certain invocations or whatnot will let you go up to higher-level spells. Oh, so I wonder, because you do have, because at that point you have four spell slots at 20th level and eight invocations known. Right. So you get kind of crazy with that. I know it'd be fun to have a nice uh, warlock breakdown and go over their uh, invocations at a future time. But yep. hey guys, first time of, uh, first episode of Behind the DM Screen. I'm uh, Anthony Mullen, one of your Dungeon Masters. Thank you so much I'm- for joining us. I'm Daniel Chavez. I'm your other hosts and other, player. Other host and player. Yep. Uh, you know, check us out. Follow us on YouTube, Podcasters, Tabletop Gaming, uh, Tabletop Gaming. Get us on social media at table uh, social media at podcasters underscore tabletop gaming, all one word. Same thing as the Facebook for now. Uh, if there are future episodes, I'll make sure the updated info is on the updated stuff. Yeah, we'll yeah. try and get everything in lined in and Fortunately, it didn't work out that easy. But anyway, guys, hey, head on over to the Facebook page, uh, Instagram group. Check us out. Like us. Subscribe. Buy our T-shirts at Teespring. The link is below wherever that link goes. And Also, check out the network, BICBP-radio.com. They have not only this great show that we're putting on for you, um, but they have many other great shows that uh, my older brother, unfortunately, um, Chris, and uh, you have actually started um, – Mm-hmm. and uh, Johnny bunch of shows. And, uh, yeah a bunch of other shows too but yeah so check them out they have a bunch of great shows I love personally a few of them um, Vinyl Divers I'm not going to lie I'm usually listening to just to oh, kind of check real. out new music yeah for real uh, I like to listen to new music and I like to make fun of you even though you can't hear me when you're talking about Ska there and oh speaking of did you know that Ska came out before Reggae 
wow. I can't wait to tell you something off air. That's even funny. Uh, awesome. <laughs> that's great. But yeah. I don't know. So, anyway. Till next yeah, time, guys. Check out the shows. Yeah, yeah. Check out the shows. And all right. This is something new for we have. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to behind, come up with a better ending because this is a train wreck right now. But This yeah. is a train wreck. But behind and, the DM uh, screen, guys. This, this, like, is actually, this is actually kind of what DMing is like. It's like, let's yeah, plan this much. Wait. Yep, we nope, went off the rails. Oh, completely off the rails now. How do we fix this? How do we end this? And uh, scene. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys. Yep. Check it out. Um, we'll get back with you guys next week, I guess. Um, next week. On another episode of Behind the DM Screen. For podcasters. For podcasters. See you guys. Good night.